Welcome to the Your Message Received podcast. And now, taking your message to the finish line, your host, John Duffin. Hey folks, this is John Duffin here from Duffin Media. Welcome back to another episode of Your Message Received. Your Message Received is the home, the platform to help you find your best business voice, your most true, authentic voice is where we're going. Get what you want, find what you need, improve your results, make billions of dollars, find the person of your dreams. The last two I can't quite document yet, but we're working on both of them. But before then, all the other stuff I know is going to come true. We're thrilled that you continue to come back and keep finding us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartMedia, and now on YouTube as well, too. Thank you for coming back. And folks, I got a powerhouse today. I'm really, really excited about that. I love the fist clench, Nick, Um, (laughs) which is great. Folks, welcome, Nick Lawani. Welcome to the show, buddy. Thank you, John. It's a pleasure to be back. The Mm. official legit on the podcast. I'm excited. Listen, you're legit all the time. Folks, my colleague and friend, Nick, is... The Big Cheese, head honcho at a fantastic digital marketing full-service creative agency called Create by Influence. If you hear me sneak in things like CBI, CBI, uh, I may. I try not to talk in jargon, but Create by Influence is the beginning and end of all of that. I've also had the privilege and the pleasure of hearing Nick speak, which is riveting. And that's one of the things I want to talk about today. So Nick calls himself a CEO, a speaker, and a visionary. I got your keywords right, right? right? That's right. You nailed it. You nailed it. (laughs) (laughs) I put it out. I put it out there. You know, I put it right out there. But guess what? This is in terms of, of, of finding or calling or what have you. It seems to be happening rather fast. Nick's also a husband, a father, and an all-around great guy. We have mutual colleagues and friends. Josh Buckter from Real Producers, Philadelphia yep. Real Producers, and Bucks County Real Producers. And we will touch upon all of that as well. But let me ask you, man, right off the bat, we, of course, will get to what I feel is one of your most impassioned things, which is speaking. But I wanted to ask you, for all of this in 2022, everything that's been happening for you so far, when you think even like five years ago, Mm. did you see this? And if not, what were you seeing five years ago? That's a strong question. We're leading, <laughs> we're leading strong in this uh, podcast. <laughs> man, it's, it's hitting the guns, man. Um, right. That's big. That's a big one. Um, honestly, mm-hmm. you know, as a young kid, as a as a teenager in high yeah. school, I, I was always a visionary, and I, I mm-hmm. think at a young age, I didn't understand what a visionary was, but now I do. At the age of thirty-one, I know exactly mm-hmm. what it means, and it's it's my superpower. Um, I would say I, I pretty much spoke my life into existence, and then I made mm-hmm. it a reality in five years, and. What I want to accomplish in the next decade, I think, is bigger than I can even fathom yet. I'm still mm. trying to figure out all the pieces, but um, I visualized a lot of my success before it actually became success. Mm. And I think that's uh, when I look back, it's almost like the universe gave me the resources and the tools because I was already manifesting it and I was aware of it. Mm. You know, and I took constant action, constant action. Buddy, I love that. I love it. The constant action to get there. So let me ask you, um, as you're saying in five years, so growing up, um, 
what what was around you that helped you to see that? What was family life like? I mean, we're talking five years, so you're in your 20s when you mm. have been calling this in. What was life like? Let's do that again, John. What was life like for you then at this point before you had this strategic vision? Right. So, I mean, life was pretty simple. You know, mm -hmm. I was kind of like what any young kid would do. You know, you, you hang out with your friends, you have your hobbies, right. you go to school, you try your best to get good grades. Um, you know, and then, you know, everything was kind of like, you know, I think I had like the, the average typical, you know, mm -hmm. childhood. You know, I did a lot of things. I played outside. I did sports. You know, I had a good upbringing, you know, and then I think where gears changed was high school. You know, high school was when I, you know, it's kind of like when I lost and, and was trying to find myself. Mm. I didn't really know what my social clique was. I, I kind of turned into a loner, was more of an introvert, mm. you know, and then I kind of fell into this repetitive pattern of just like, you know, I kind of lost my confidence, honestly. You know, if, mm. I, if there was any confidence, it was kind of taken away, you know, and I, I became, mm -hmm. you know, a victim of bullying. And, you know, I just went down a path where it was like, you know, my outlet was being creative, being an entrepreneur in video games. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that's where I spent a lot of my time, just thinking of like what ideas I could have. And I started my first, my first business venture in high school. <clears throat> so instead of say, for instance, others like to go through that um, and will turn to drugs, alcohol, whatever, or just, just literally shutting down, so to speak, you know, mm -hmm. running literally. You were your first impulse or an early impulse was to go into the creative mode? Yes, absolutely. That's amazing. Yeah. What was that like then? What was the thing? So you talked about video games and all that sort of thing. And I know that's a big part of what yeah. I'm calling your DNA. So what was the creative process like for you in terms of it's just you either in your room or alone? You know, what was that like? What was the <laughs> first time that you could recall thinking, oh, I like this? Honestly, it was when my father, and this goes way back. This, right. you know, it was when my father got one of those gateway computers, like when we were first out with a big monitor, and it like it was, you know, it was like this wide against. Oh the my wall. god! You know, he set that thing up. You know, mm -hmm. we had some AOL dial-up internet. You know, I had my AOL messenger. You know, I would, <laughs> you know, I, I would hear it dial go, you know, make all those crazy sounds as you're logging in for like thirty minutes. <laughs> Nick, I swear to God, I thought you were too young to know any of that stuff. I'm like, oh my God, I remember. I remember all that, man, right? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. it was like literally assembling a car. Uh, <laughs> sometimes it would fail. <laughs> oh, sometimes. Uh, that was like most of the time. Yeah. This is, but it seems as if I see the smile on your face. Your dad brings home the gateway computer. Was it for the family? Was it for you? Yes. Was it for you to help the vision? What was like? Is it how? How's like? Is it how were your folks in regards to this? It was for the family, but mm -hmm. you know, it's where I start spending a lot of my time. You know, I, I got really good with IT. I, I understood the internet, and then you know, one thing led to the next. I was programming websites by the age of fifteen. I knew how to code a website from scratch. Wow. Yeah, and I taught myself. You know, I didn't go to school for that. You know, I just I picked up a trade and I, I kind of ran with it. So I love the fact that, that is, you were already, even as a kid, in that sense of, you know, like how to handle bullying. Like, like I got bullied and I don't recall any sort of like, I, you know, I eventually like migrated away for a while. So I love the fact that you were already in the sort of take charge mode, so to speak. Um, what was the first project that you felt like 
where you, you thought, you know what, this is cool. I, I, I like what I just did. Um, man, I'm trying to think. So, yeah, back in gaming, right? I would yeah. say it, it was, um, we started a gaming community. It was called, uh, I was one of the original founders of a gaming community called Influence Gaming. Right. And I was the one that created the website. Mm-hmm. And we somehow got a whole community of gamers involved on the website. We actually were the sponsor of a team that competed professionally. And we endorsed them with Turtle Beach Headsets, a very big headset company. Like we, we were playing the game of entrepreneurship without even really knowing we were. It was just natural to us. And people See. gravitated toward our energy. They were mm-hmm. like, oh, these guys are doing it. Like I want to join IFC, mm-hmm. Influence. That's funny. You bring up the word energy. It's it's to me when I first met you, it was the, it, it was unbelievably easy to see and feel that energy. And you're saying that that's something that permeated early on for you. That wasn't yeah. something that you needed to build and develop. I got you. I think it was it was in me. It was honestly just, it was just something that was untapped, you know. And then mm-hmm. I guess as you grow older, you start to um, you know understand it more. And maybe harness it too, right? Yeah, I mean, it. but yeah. people are coming around you, right? So they're coming around mm-hmm. you. I know it wasn't a direct leap from video games to CBI. I know that. You also have, like I said, again, experience in the food industry and all that stuff. Yeah. And I love every bit of it. You learn from every bit of experience. I'm thinking from the customer representative side and what have you. Um, mm-hmm. What did you learn? when you were in the food industry that propelled you? Honestly, uh, it was one of those situations where I honestly was really uncomfortable. <laughs> my first day the job, because being an introvert, you know, not being around all, you know, a bunch of people, you know, as a mm-hmm. cashier, you have to like, you have mm-hmm. to build rapport with the customers. Like that's mm-hmm. part of customer service. Mm-hmm. You get taught right. that. So like, I remember the first day working, like, you know, like customers want to have full blown conversations with me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, just thinking like, oh, damn, like, what am I going to talk about? You know, it's just like, <laughs> It was so like out of my like comfort zone, but you know, 11 and a half years later, I became behind the customer service desk. So clearly I did something right. Well, not only that, it, it, it's like you always, I always wonder like, where does it come from? Some people, the old cliche are born that way. But I, as I keep learning and you're, you're now living proof to me, which is most people not aren't. Or if it's there, it's got to be pulled in some way. So that's one of the reasons that mattered to me so much because it had you get something more than a paycheck if you're if you're smart. You get right. something right, um, and so you now know that I can't remain being an introvert. That that's not a great option in a literal sense. It's like yeah. okay, well, what the hell? I'm standing looking at you. Uh, I'm gonna have to do forced. something here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much forced. Like you gotta change, dude. <laughs> How are you typically with him, with with affecting change, in general? Honestly, I, I think that's one of my sweet spots, and I'm very strong with it because okay. I, mm-hmm. I think you got to keep changing to evolve. Simple mm-hmm. as that, you know. Uh, you don't turn to a butterfly by not being the caterpillar first and going through mm-hmm. those different steps of evolution. Mm-hmm. So you got to look at your life the same way. So. In terms of that turning into a butterfly and what have you before, give me an example. It, it, before you get to CBI, before you you hit that that first mark of where you were, um, for instance, where you got knocked back. 
yeah. and you and you got up. Give me an example. I mean, I'm guessing not every day uh, as a cashier was was the best day ever. Um, <laughs> yeah, not really. I mean, it had its, it had its good days and, and rough days. I mean, you know, it's what you can expect. Right. <clears throat> but, what gave uh, you the guts to take the leap from there? Was the leap Wegmans? Yeah, or where I worked at. Yeah. Um, it was just I felt like I wasn't. I wasn't satisfied with where I was mm-hmm. at in life. Like I felt like my mm-hmm. purpose, my calling, it, it mm-hmm. wasn't, you know, my, my longing, my future, it just wasn't there. You know, it was mm-hmm. like, you know, an entrepreneur is an entrepreneur. It was like, I knew I had to go back mm-hmm. to the drawing board and figure out how to mm-hmm. build a business. Instead of, I felt like that's what I was, I was put, that was part of my purpose. Like I'm supposed to create something. I got to do it. You know, I, I, they built their dream, you know, and, and I think what they created is incredible. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's an amazing corporation. But, um, have you always been gutsy? Um, yeah, I think I, I could definitely say that because, you know, when I, when I dropped out of college in my first semester, you know, my parents mm-hmm. were just like, it was, you know, for me, it was very gutsy, but it was because mm-hmm. I wanted to, you know, I wanted to go down a path and, and learn myself. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and they just wanted me to take, you know, more of the less risk, you know, the less risky way. And it was mm-hmm. like, to them, it, it almost was like, I was letting them down. Like I was just going against them and, mm-hmm. you know. But it was the best thing I could have ever done because it, it gave me the value and the tools I needed to when I did go back to college. I was top of the dean's list. I wasn't failing. I wasn't flunking. I was focused. Because you wanted it and you knew what you yeah. wanted. Yeah. What was I, It had to have been hard. I remember when I said to my folks, this was, oh my God, I was 18 at the time, where I originally said I didn't want to go to college. And it literally, the reactions I was getting were almost like, you know, I wanted to go shoot somebody. Like, there's just that looks of horror in there. Oh, yeah. How did you push past that, right? How did it's you push past your... Look, it sounds like you've got a close family. How were you able to navigate that? How were you... Like, because it had to been hard to literally be in that situation. You know, I, I just... It was one of those hard things where it's like, you know... I, I deep down, I didn't feel like they were as proud of me as they as they could be. And, and I yeah. had to accept, I had to accept that. Mm-hmm. But in my mind... I already saw five years in the future. I, I already saw like, like, like when I say I spoke my life to existence, I already knew where I was going. Mm-hmm. And even though I didn't have all the credentials or all the accolades or anything mm-hmm. to back it up, it would like I just knew I was good. Like the the, the passion and fire I had, it never stopped. It, it just it just never went away. Like I knew I was going to execute. I'm not somebody that just thinks about something and it sits mm-hmm. on the sidelines. Like I took action mm-hmm. at a young age. So what was the action? The first ones that you took. That it's like, I just knew, I just knew I have to create something. They had their dream and now, what were the, do you remember? What were the first things you did to go from, I feel it, see it, to making it real? It started with, um, I would say the first action was, you know, I started the clothing line. You know, after the whole gaming venture, Mm -hmm. you know, I created Influence Apparel. The word Mm -hmm. influence came right back. Influence Apparel. And my goal with the apparel line was to, you know, how do you influence? I want to influence mm-hmm. people around the world to follow a movement that mm-hmm. basically empowers everybody to be the best version of themselves. And I didn't really know what that vision would look like. It was kind of very open-ended. You know, my niche was very broad, general. It was like anybody mm-hmm. that gravitated to helping others. It was like they fit with that direction. And, you know, I made all the right moves. I made connections with California mm-hmm. with, you know, mm-hmm. manufacturers. I sourced all the garment. I did everything I should have done. I built the mm-hmm. website. I sold out of my car at mm-hmm. work, at school. Like I was, I was, you know, it wasn't like I was, you know, making massive profit. I was maybe, maybe just making enough money just to get the next batch. But 
it got me rolling and got me really thinking like, all right, I'm getting the experience of how to create something, how to sell it, how to market mm -hmm. it, how to do all these different things that, yet, you know, you have to go back to college and learn from, you know, I'm just getting that real world experience on my own. Um, and then the biggest, you know, the biggest setback was going into a business partnership, looking for money, looking for an investor and mm -hmm. not thinking about anything else, giving 50% of that equity away to someone that did not have the mm -hmm. same vision as me. Mm -hmm. And that's, uh, crumbled the whole thing for me. I just I pulled out after a couple years in with him, and I realized that it wasn't what I wanted, and it, it didn't satisfy me anymore. And I had to move mm -hmm. on. I gotta tell you, to think that you were shouldering all of that, and I'm gonna say almost in a literal sense, like from your car. So it's it's you meet creative people, you make you meet business minds, you meet people that are able to execute. You meet people who are able to be visionaries. Yeah. I like the fact that it seems as if you've got all four of those running concurrently. Um, how the hell do you sleep, or do you? <laughs> I um, honestly, I'm, I'm a very, um, I'm a very laid back personality. Honestly, like mm -hmm. I, I don't let stress deteriorate me. Right, and that's something that mm -hmm. you know, even my past bodybuilding coach when I went down my fitness right. era. Yep. He even said, like, I don't understand, dude, how you're so calm before this mm -hmm. show. It was my first show, and you've seen I had like this, mm -hmm. this ease and flow mm -hmm. to me where I was like, oh man, like you're just you're just in this flow, like you're just you're confident, like you're you're not mm -hmm. stressing out, like you're you're looking like you want to just destroy everybody. Like mm -hmm. it's just he said, like that's it's, it's uncommon. Like you're you're built a little different, man. Uh and speaking of built a little different, walk me back a step or two based on what you just said, because to me, that's a big part of in terms of your evolution or your yeah. influence, no pun intended, is yeah. you turn to recreating yourself physically and then Correct. demonstrating it as well, too. There's a yeah. lot of guts and talent and and discipline that's required there. Why did that matter so much? Um, it was... It was how I found my confidence. That's uh, wow. You, you see, in yeah. high school, like when mm -hmm. I was getting bullied, and I, you know, I was the smallest mm -hmm. guy on the wrestling team, and right. you know, I went to the weight room. That's mm -hmm. where I let my anger and, and my aggression. Ah. And that that's where I vented. Mm -hmm. That was my outlet. But the thing mm -hmm. was, I started realizing I I actually wasn't half bad at building muscle. And, I was, and once right. I put my mind to it, and I had mm -hmm. that perseverance, I had this edge. You know, I could start really manipulating the way I looked really quick wow. wow i stuck with it for a decade and then i realized wow like a decade changed a lot for me and and when i competed in bodybuilding and mm -hmm. i won my first ever show the motivation that really kept me in that race was because i lost my father in 2010 after i graduated high school and that was mm -hmm. my why i didn't need mm -hmm. anything else to push mm -hmm. me you know mm -hmm. i told my father like i'm gonna finish what i started i'm gonna take the legacy and bring it take it to another level you know, and when I went back to the trenches of bodybuilding and, and finding that coach and, and just the chain of events that got me to that stage, when I claimed that victory, I was never the same person after that. It changed my life forever. That's that's amazing to me. And 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 I feel wildly like like happy for you that you had the time to tell your dad. He was there. He could understand. I know that like I said, that's, that's but he heard you and he knew. That's well, gonna make that's that's a pretty yeah. neat, right? 
Yeah, I mean, it's he didn't know I ever competed. I mean, I never like got that far down the road. Mm-hmm. Him, it was right you know, when I told him like I was gonna make him proud. That was mm-hmm. you know, it was him in this hospital bed. Like, you know, yeah, was, was it? Yeah, yeah. But like he that, heard to, and he knew. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So you talk about finding your confidence um, and finding your why. I mean, I feel like from a quite literal sense, right? Um, I mean, and, and bodybuilding contests, you're not going to be more exposed no, <laughs> than <not>. that. <laughs> um, so you had the guts to not just, as you said, manipulate. You knew you could manipulate. You could manipulate your body in short periods of time. But then you got to go and show it off, you know? Yeah. Um, so first it's, oh, my God, I got to go wear that um, or look, you know what I mean, in front of them. And then yeah. you got a bunch of people that, are all doing the same thing. Um, is that an intimidating situation? You with a bunch of other bodybuilders. Trust me, I have no expertise in this field. That's the only reason I want to know. Honestly, Yo. once I got to that show, it, nothing pays me. And I, I was mm-hmm. bulletproof. I, I just, I felt, mm-hmm. I felt like, you know, there comes a point in your life where you pay your mm-hmm. dues. So like, so like, precisely like so Mm -hmm. like you know like you you when you truly Mm -hmm. pay your dues right you just know when you show up that day Mm -hmm. nothing's gonna get in the way nothing's gonna intimidate you nothing's gonna disrupt that focus because you paid Mm -hmm. your dues you know like i thought about oh my god right 365 days you know Mm -hmm. just like what i what every single day was a battle right every single day was a battle you know i'd be at i'd be doing cardio at 2 a.m at at night after working a nine-hour shift i'd be in the gym at six in the morning i'd be Mm -hmm. prepping all my meals every single day putting them in tupperware measuring everything Mm -hmm. out like when you work that diligently Mm -hmm. towards something you know you you come to a point where it's like i put in the work i put in the work well nothing would say a blueprint of success and longevity more than that so as you're saying for 365 days i i did this i prepped the meals i you know that's a lot to be able to say. So I can clearly see the springboard into taking this leap into the marketing venture, especially after, as you said, having a bad experience with the apparel line. But you've got this confidence that, that you know that you need to literally <laughs> create by influence. And forgive me for laughing. It just felt like a good segue. Um, right? <laughs> right? So you know that. You know that. But it's, yeah. there's, as I'm learning, there's a big difference in knowing and doing. And so, <laughs> how did that? How did that formulate? How did that? How did that go to be like? Oh, you know what? Okay, I got knocked back from. Like, I know I don't want to do this with the guy, right? I'm doing this. How'd you know? Yeah. Uh, I think it was. I think it was always part of the plan. I, th- I, think, okay. something, I think something up there. I always knew like mm-hmm. this was going to be where you end up, but you're going to have to learn from all these experiences and all mm-hmm. these different influences mm-hmm. that got you here. Um, but you know, just thinking back, you know, it, it all just, it all just, everything that happened pushed me to CBI. Man, it really mm-hmm. did. You know, mm-hmm. like all the all the skills and things I picked up throughout the years. I took the leap of faith to lead the eleven and a half year stretch at Wegmans to mm-hmm. take on a full-time position as a social media manager for this guy named IFBB Pro, Bakri Mubrak. Mm-hmm. He ran one of the biggest nutrition supplement stores in the story of New York. Right. He, had a, he, he coached countless IFBB Pro professionals, went mm-hmm. to him to be coached to become professional bodybuilders and fitness competitors. I looked up to the guy, you know, so like when he put out this posting on social media, he's like, I'm looking for a full-time graphic designer that's going to do social mm-hmm. media for all my brands. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and I, I just, I went after it, man. I, I, I talked to anybody that I knew that knew him, people put in good work referrals mm -hmm. and, and, you know, they put in good work for me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, after like two, three weeks of just constantly trying to get his attention, like he finally just randomly called me one Friday and was like, Hey kid, I, you know, I, I heard of you, you know, send me some of your work. I'm gonna give you, you know, a little <laughs> trial shot here. Uh -huh. and if I like what you do, I'll hire you. And then a week later I was at New York signing contract, you know, and, next next step next phase of my journey right there you know i spent a couple years working with him and i started mm -hmm. to slowly build cbi while i was working full-time from home as a you know social media manager i just i had i was working 100 hour work weeks because i could so i did i was gonna say because you could um and you've got now this 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 full-on company of digital marketing paid advertising design creation i keep going back to this one thing of why i feel like it's like people need to listen and pay attention to you because you have you come from so many different directions that's that's the part and i don't mean scattered i mean again creative people often aren't thought of as being like precision people and precision people are not necessarily thought of as being able to let go and create something wildly, you know what I mean, individualistic, um, yeah. or hitting deadlines, or, or understanding metrics, and all that sort of thing. Um, but apparently you do. <laughs> that's, how, that's, how, that's how I was molded, man. And I think a lot has to do with my, my life experiences. Mm -hmm. So what, what drives you? at cbi oh man that's a heavy one that's a heavy one um <laughs> man i just you know it, it, it's interesting when i was in the beginning of this journey you know i, mm -hmm. I was i was the one guy right trying to right. do all these different things mm -hmm. you know i was trying to get clients you know i, I would hate like like literally build their website like we didn't mm -hmm. have a web developer we didn't have a full stack development team mm -hmm. we didn't have all these designers that we have now right i was doing i was doing everything right and I like doing the things, but you know, like I never became the expert at one thing because I was doing too much. You know. What I mean? Well, this is the hundred-hour work week that you just talked about a moment yeah. ago. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. And I'm guessing. I mean, it sounds like you have boundless energy, but that's a lot. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, the the big change was, you know, you know, fast forward from year one to five years. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. that changes everything. You know, like yeah. I, I got I got specialists in every single mm -hmm. category that we offer. I have a chief operating officer from Oklahoma mm -hmm. that holds down the fort. Like he's mm -hmm. the glue. You know, like I got account managers now that we didn't have years ago that are mm -hmm. having those interactions day to day with all our clients. You know, we have a videographer, a photographer mm -hmm. that goes out and creates an experience that these clients never got before by creating mm -hmm. content on the spot in their actual locations, wherever they want to shoot. Um, and these are all things that, you know, I had a vision. You know, mm -hmm. I want I want us to be able to do all this stuff, mm -hmm. but you know, it just started with me. You know, I, I had to like slowly put in the work, put in the mm -hmm. grit, put in the hours, mm -hmm. and and now that I'm at where I'm at today, my biggest passion is is, is leadership. You know, mentoring mm -hmm. individuals right. and really extracting greatness out of everybody in their role because, mm -hmm. you know, you'll find people. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people's setbacks are are the 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 atmosphere or the limitations they put in their mind. Mm. You know, and I, I've seen we've had a recurring pattern these last year or two, especially after the pandemic that sure. I, had, I had employees that would come to me and say, you know, the reason for my sanity and my happiness mm -hmm. and my positivity, mm -hmm. despite how how um, low I felt during the pandemic or how mm -hmm. sad or depressed or how much anxiety I had. CBI was that that thing 
that that that, that catalyst, me. yeah, that catalyst, and like when and that feedback that that just like I, I don't mm. even know how to mm. like interpret like I can't even put it into words like how that makes me feel, mm. and knowing that I've done that at just like a micro mm. level, it's, it just makes me think like well, what, what could another five years what could we do in another five years like what could oh people God. think about Steve? five months low on five years right? <laughs> but here's let me ask you before that though. So I've got account designers, I've got these managers, I've got the uh, like, how were you able to reestablish trust? Because my sense is you have the apparel company. You don't have the same vision as the other person. You got to be the one that walks away, uh, in essence. And that had to have been damn frustrating. And I'm not looking to drudge up bad news. But the mm. first thought that I had when you shared that, especially now, is, okay, now I'm building a team. You've built the team. But yeah. in the team building, how were you able, in your mind, to let go? Because I'm working 100-hour weeks. I got thrown on my head a couple like this. I got to literally walk away from something that was my vision. And now I've got to, I'm going to hire people. How were you able to let go and make it happen? Man, I just, I guess I got to a point where I started to really mm -hmm. understand people, you know, mm -hmm. understand people's wants, their desires, and mm -hmm. like what gets them going and, and how to mm -hmm. hold them accountable in a different type of way. You know, okay. I never wanted to be the person to just boss people around and, and implement some sort of fear, like you're going to lose your job right. if you don't do right. your job right. It's all about creating people that are open to growth, open mm -hmm. to being built up, you know, being remolded, you know, mm -hmm. and I, that's why I like working with a lot of younger people, honestly, like, mm -hmm. you know, people that are, you know, younger aren't stuck in their old ways, you know, they can, mm -hmm. they can be molded into something different that's, that's better, mm -hmm. you know, and I think over time, you know, once enough time passed, you know, that's when I was starting to like seeing I could actually trust different people and and, ah. and then when something would happen you know I wouldn't mm -hmm. I wouldn't use aggression or, or anger to deal to confront that person or that situation mm -hmm. I would I would go about it in a way that actually makes them better you know because something I've learned over the last five years is you know if you just reprimand people in the wrong right. way then you don't give mm -hmm. an opportunity to be better mm -hmm. they're going to keep repeating the same mistake or they're going to leave you and go for another company yeah you know and and that's I would say just the experience I got alone, mm -hmm. I started to get, I'd start developing those skills and I started going into other networking groups and different things that mm -hmm. help sharpen those skills so that I can bring back new mm -hmm. things to the organization that I didn't have prior. I love that. Uh, how long did it take you to change you? That's what I was curious about. Like you're molding other people and all that stuff. And I don't just reprimand, I lead by vision and stuff. How long did it take for you to influence you that that would be okay? Um, I would say I made a pretty big shift. I would say these last two years. I would say wow. like, I, I would say these last two years I've completely mm -hmm. turned the whole script on how I view do those different things and, mm -hmm. and how my because I think there's a lot of you know I think the biggest issue when you're thinking about this is um you have to have a certain level of humility mm, to where okay to where, it's, to where it's okay. So it's like mm -hmm. you know if you're not humble enough in your business to where say you feel threatened by someone else, mm -hmm. you know why why do you feel that way? You know, why does someone make you feel threatened? Like, do mm -hmm. they know something more than you know in a certain mm -hmm. area? Does that make you uncomfortable? And it's mm -hmm. like, you have to learn, like, in business, like, you 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 can't hold people back. you you mm -hmm. got to make sure everybody's pushing to get that highest level. You know, mm -hmm. and you may find out sometime in your business, and this goes to any entrepreneur CEO out there. Right. You know, there might be certain people that are the Derek Jeter of your business in their yeah. category. Yeah. Let them be the fucking Derek Dieter, Jeter. You know, yep. let them be that guy. They may be the Tom Brady oh of this God. guy. Let them be the right. Tom Brady. You know? Right. And if you don't like it, you shouldn't be a business owner because you're a fucking coach. <laughs> you're the fucking coach. So, I'm laughing because 
Nick, it's crazy that uh, it took me a while to get that right in my head. I, that's why I'm laughing. It's like, so I remember for me, <laughs> I was a terrible manager at first. I mean, awful. And you brought up the that, that inferiority thing. I was, I'm hiring these people and I'm yeah. terrified when they're really good. See, and I remember and I, that. I, I, I can tell you. I bet you, so many CEOs feel that way, uh, and it's and that's oh. why they that's why they don't grow. That's why they get stuck. Oh, absolutely. It, it's like, and you talk about well, they just go to get other jobs. Well, they all did. Uh, you know who helped me? My colleague and one of my family friends. She's like is family to me, and one of my dearest friends in the world is Karen Crane from Crane Communications. They just recently sell, celebrated 25 plus years of her establishing her own company. She's the one that said this to me. This was, oh my God, well over 20 years ago. I remember I was in constant freak out mode that somebody was going to take my job. Yeah. And who was going to take my job <laughs> was the person I just hired. And she's like, uh, oh my God, I want she said, I want an entire company of people that are better than me. That's, that's she just said it. And I'm like, what? And then she, yeah. explained, you know, everything you said is like, no, why would I, why would I need or even want to be the best person in the company? Hey, like you will, just said, about will, will just go get them. It'll right? start and end with you. That's, that's not a long game. That's, that's, not, that's not an empire. I'm sorry, it's not an empire. No, but see, there's what I wanted to drive at, which is, the word even the word empire right there's the empire i really believe that in terms of that authenticity and trueness in the way that you sound that you have to be able to allow yourself to see big let alone see differently and i just think that sense of shutting down that sense of being the loner you talk about like i said when you were a kid and, and being the and going into a loner mode it's really hard to draw energy, passion, talent, um, when you're shut down like that, they're, they're, they're hearing it, and they're, and they, and people smell fear. I love you saying that about Derek Cheater. Let him be Derek here <laughs> to coach. I love it. I love it. I love it. But I got the privilege. So you just said a couple minutes ago you were talking about hey, and I network a lot more. I wouldn't know you. Uh, probably I would know of you. I think you've got a hell of a social media um, presence, so I would certainly know of you. But I wouldn't necessarily know you if it wasn't for the alignment that you had of one of our mutual colleagues, um, Josh Buckter from Real Producers Philadelphia and Bucks County Real Producers Magazine. How yeah. did you align? And, and folks, I don't want to be talking. I, I doubt that you don't know if you're listening, but if you are, Josh Buckter is a must follow, a must. Get the magazines. He tends to get and attract and keep around him the best of the best of the best. How did you align with Josh? Good question. Um, so I, I knew of Josh through like just awareing of it, being aware of his social media presence. You know, mm -hmm. I seen this mm -hmm. guy, Wolf of Wall Street, mm -hmm. clean, baldy, sharp beard. I just knew. Mm -hmm. I see the stuff he put out and I'm like, you know, this guy looks like someone I might resonate with. I like, mm -hmm. I like his vibe as aura. Mm -hmm. I don't know him yet, but like from what he's putting out on social media, I feel like that's, that could be a good connection to make. Right. You know, and I think a year and a half went by until I actually met the guy um, mm -hmm. through a, um, so a good friend of mine. I, uh, this guy, Izzy Perales. Oh, with, oh my God. Aldermage. Well, you talk about the perfect angles on the beards and the cuts and that's Izzy yeah. Perales. Yep. That's Izzy. <laughs> yes. I mean, I've known Izzy for a long time and uh -huh. you know, he got into starting this networking group called the Blueprint Networking Group. 
And, mm-hmm. you know, it was kind of one of those things where it finally collided. You know, that mm-hmm. collision happened at that group. I met Josh in person. I met his girlfriend. And, mm-hmm. you know, we exchanged business cards. And then, you know, not even a week later, we had a meeting. You know, it was a good vibe. He, he gave me the extension to be invited as a preferred partner. I, you know, mm-hmm. I bought ad space in the magazine. And then mm-hmm. I started showing up to events. And the whole thing just catapulted after that. And I think what he's doing is amazing the way he brings people together mm-hmm. that are, you know, all kind of like, like-minded. It's, it's, it's awesome. He's definitely putting the work. Well, I consider myself one of the lucky ones in that regard too, because I, a lot of what you said, I would say me too, me too, me too. Um, mm-hmm. in this, as I was following on the social media and it's just weird to, that's why I feel like the presence of social media and the power of social media, which sounds so stupid as if you don't know that, but the fact mm-hmm. is it, it's, that a lot of people are pulling away from it now based upon what I'll say is maybe a little bit too much personalization or or a little bit of a loss of focus or whatever it happens to be. But I'm glad I wasn't one of those people that just decided, oh, you know what? I'm not going to go. I'm just getting off uh, of Instagram or Facebook. I'm damn glad because I wouldn't know Josh either. So, folks, one of the true benefits of my chance of knowing our guest here as well. I got the privilege based upon Josh Buckter of getting the chance to be the host and MC of an event that he hosted that, that was run in Philadelphia. Um, the Real Producers, Great Producers Awards Gala. And I can remember I'm there basically pacing the floor. I'm the host and MC. Everyone's outside. I'm literally pacing around this much bigger room than I thought it would be yeah, uh, when big. I was there. It was pretty damn big, uh, right? And I, I'm, I, was, and I'm, I, was, I was sizing it up. Kind of doing yeah, right. Well, that's what I was yeah. going to say. The very One of the very first people in that empty room that I got to talk to is Nick. And Nick, and you will call that you're saying, oh, and I'll be up there for a couple of minutes speaking and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> I have no idea what that means. And by the way, I folks, I am I'm I'm getting my competitive edge, but getting is a process for me when I speak. I'm not going to lie and say that I'm supremely confident in the prep or the hours before I get there, but it is a process for me to get there. So I'm literally pacing around going through my final mental laps and I'm talking to Nick and come to the realization, "Oh, Nick's going to be speaking as well too." Um, okay, great. Um, here's why I bring it up. So all of the stuff that you said, the reason I was so captivated and had to know Nick further was I watch Nick speak. And we talk about the precision and the creativity and results driven and impassioned. But it was the emotion, the heart and the emotion that I saw and felt from you and I'm grateful because I was at close range so I I literally am standing across on the other side of the stage watching you literally captivate an audience so as we talk about one of your words you're a speaker CEO visual speaker what's that like for you when you're speaking when you're addressing an audience what's going through your mind really what's going through your heart well here's the um here's the interesting uh plot twist here so ah Plot twist time. <laughs> I've been in the process of telling myself I want mm-hmm. to become a speaker. And mm-hmm. then 
it has only been maybe six months, you know, into this year, you know, that I yep. started to own it, right? I started mm-hmm. to put it out there. I put it, mm-hmm. I changed my bio and added speaker because I listened right. to a podcast. Mm-hmm. And the gentleman on the podcast, you know, he was, he was saying like, you know, if you want to speak something to existence, you want to manifest mm-hmm. something so mm-hmm. big for yourself, start putting it out there. Tell people that's mm-hmm. what you are and then do mm-hmm. what's necessary to become it. Mm-hmm. And um, Gala was probably the first time I ever did public speaking, like in front of a crowd <laughs> with a microphone. <laughs> Which is crazy. You want a plot twist to your own? Here's yeah. the, uh, let me add your, if we're going to throw plot twists in, as I explained to Josh after the event, weeks after the event, uh, I said, Josh, technically, I've never done that before. <laughs> oh, man. So you've got bugs. two people. Boom. You got two people. I've spoken in sales presentations for 30 years. So I get that. I have held a microphone before. I get that. But this is why I I brought that up intentionally, right? Is that you were able to make something happen basically from, I was going to say nothing. It's not nothing. It's that putting it into existence so that it's so real and true. I'll finish the one thought with Josh, and then I, w- I clearly will w- want to talk to you, which is what Josh said when I told him that. He's like, well, and you might recall, John, I never asked you that. He <laughs> yeah. said, I just knew that you could. That's it. So one of the things that I, that, I, that I think of is in your building of teams and having teams around you and networking and aligning with people and we talked about reestablishing the trust it's got to be great that when you're putting things into existence and people see it and get it um you said something earlier about hey the next five years are so big and blah 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 blah, right can you give us a preview build up arenas Got Literally it. filled up arenas. Mm-hmm. Got gotcha. you. I'm gonna leave you with that. I don't want to mm-hmm. get too elaborate, but filled up arenas, mm-hmm. no doubt. 100%. I love it. In my heart, in my heart, my mind, mm-hmm. my soul, I know mm-hmm. that all things are pointing towards filled up arenas. I, you know what? I see it for you. I get it for you. I think it's a freaking incredible way um, to be able to do that. And the confidence of knowing, as you talked about in the beginning, I didn't have everything completely filled in i didn't gray in all the lines look i i i drew on experience for me to deliver that those 10 minutes um i i loved every second of it i knew as i was doing it i was going to ask you i knew as i was doing it for me that i was doing the right thing you were so in the zone as i was watching you right and literally physically using your body using your the volume this the passion the emotion um how were you able to extract emotion or was it just coming from you oh man yeah um that wasn't scripted that wasn't staged to be totally honest with you i I didn't even know how it was going to come out Um, right i went into the gala with the mindset that i need to slay a dragon in my life and the, and the dragon the dragon was my fear that you know to do public speaking like to, okay to take that i never did it before mm-hmm. and it was like mm-hmm. i had a big vision like mm-hmm. i know i can do this you mm-hmm. know and i guess tonight i'm going to find out if there's something mm-hmm. there you know and, and is this all going to mount to something that i and i proved myself right you know and the feedback proved me right but as far as that emotion everything like like i just it was like set like once i got that mic it's like 
something else to control man like something else just like led it's like my body took over it's like my mind didn't have to like mm -hmm. something just mm -hmm. took over it just, mm -hmm. it just knew what mm -hmm. had to be said mm -hmm. and it left it there and it only took two minutes for me to make that message clear and then you know the reflection of after gala it took me two weeks right. to really decipher what had happened you know i, I it took me two mm -hmm. weeks to kind of like rewind back down and really mm -hmm. like like well, where do i go from here you know i did mm -hmm. something that made me uncomfortable like i crossed over that fear and now it's mm -hmm. like 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 now i got to figure out what's the next direction like what's the next step which it's already I, up. <laughs> yeah but guess, but guess what yeah. that helps me because i i love that sense of being reminded that you put it in play you make something happen and then for myself i'm like okay so this die has been cast this is how it's going to go i am going to be a public speaker and and, and you have the definitive part but then you have that sense of long road to go from a to b what well, i say all that because it's i love the, the the reminder that you don't have to have every bullet point extracted before you take that next leap you just don't Correct. um I think it's the, the confidence that you talked about, where you found the confidence, having the, you know, utilizing the confidence, believing in yourself, but being really um, ready and available. And I loved all of that. Um, Nick, I, I'm blown away by that sort of vision and that filling arenas part. I see it, I get it. It's funny, you and I have something else in common because I, but I see it, I, it's weird. See it, I get it, I know it, but, but if I think too hard about it, I get paralyzed and then yeah. pull back. So my yeah. question to you is, how do you keep propelling yourself forward as the dreams get bigger, as the actualization or the calling of it gets bigger and bigger? How do you keep propelling yourself forward? You're a dad, you're a husband now, right? Yeah. How, you know, mm. you talked about your own dad. What are you instilling? I mean, you've got a baby. What are you instilling and how we're like realizing now that you've got other people literally counting on you, how do you make it go and not get pulled into? You know, I think I've, it, it's about making those uncomfortable things your new norm, right? So okay. like, yeah. I, I've come to grasp and I've come to realize that every single time you want to take another step into that next level in your journey, like you're gonna have to do something that makes you uncomfortable. And it's like, the mm -hmm. sooner you can start to accept that and make that a new normal, you know, mm -hmm. that should kind of reduce your anxiety and know like, hey, mm -hmm. it's not going to kill you, mm -hmm. you know, and, and if you can handle pressure, which every mm -hmm. single time you had adversity in your life, you handled mm -hmm. pressure and you handled you it. overcome it because there's only yeah. one option. That's how well, you're still life. here. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, you know, at the end of the day, I guess that that fear of like failing mm -hmm. is, is starting to like, mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of like Jordan, you know, you, you, mm -hmm. keep, you keep practicing on that game, you keep working on it, eventually mm -hmm. you just you just the skill it just keeps evolving so it's like mm -hmm. why would i want to regress at this point if i just oh. keep reaching i'm going to keep stretching myself and even if i don't hit that mm -hmm. goal i'm going to stretch myself so much i'm going to hit other goals in the process it, it, it's folks as i said i don't think there's any doubt or confusion as to this upward trajectory my god Nick, in addition to createbyinfluence.com, um, and we will have your social IDs, handles, whatever. Christ, that makes me sound 100 years old. Um, walking in with a gateway computer. Uh, but I was going to say, ha, we will have the... 
I love that. We will have we will have it in Nick's Instagram profile, Facebook profile, LinkedIn, whatever. How well? What's the best way to get to you when people want your expertise, want to do business with you, want to hire you as a speaker? How are they getting to you? Um, best way right now is, I mean, mm-hmm. you go on website, create by influence, you can book a free mm-hmm. consultation. That'll go mm-hmm. to my calendar. Um, and if Love. you want to get me on social media, mm-hmm. you know, at Lawani.nick mm-hmm. at create by influence. Mm-hmm. And then if you want to talk business, find me on LinkedIn, Nick Lawani. The definitiveness. You just did a great voice technique too. If you want to find me on business, uh, I love the way that you drop the that you drop the octave. Nick Lawani, thank you for energizing me, and thanks for being a part of our podcast today. It was an absolute pleasure, man. My pleasure, John. I've had a great time. It's been a great experience. Thank you. I love it. I love it. Hey, folks, you've just heard another episode of Your Message Received. Again, keep finding us on YouTube, iHeartMedia, Apple Podcasts, Spotify anywhere you're getting your podcasts keep liking watching listening sharing and we'll keep coming back with more this is john duffin with duffin media thanks so much for tuning in and we will talk soon have a great day all and now making its way across the finish line your message received has been a production of duffin media